0: This is the Humboldt Chronicles.
1: I am the queen of everything.
0: Gotta be high before I can sway. Lighter tea, let it be.
1: If you're a viper.
0: I'm Chuck Rogers with producer Larry Trask. The Humboldt Chronicles is made possible by... Proper Wellness Center, and Lost Coast Exotics. Thanks for your support of the Humboldt Chronicles. Riding out this pandemic storm, it has helped that the cannabis industry was designated essential in that businesses, at least, could remain open. Consumers in times such as these, though, have less spendable income, so some in the cannabis industry have been impacted but still survive, while others, unfortunately, Didn't make it. At some point, there will be a thaw in the pandemic and a new normal will emerge, but this whole episode shines a light on the role that government at all levels can and should play in supporting businesses, especially small businesses.
1: That gets us to Project Trellis, a Humboldt County program designed to provide assistance to the cannabis industry in ways similar to the kind of government support other industries have long enjoyed. We'll be talking with Scott Adair, Humboldt County Economic Development Division Director, and Peggy Murphy, Humboldt County Economic Development Specialist. First, some background on Project Trellis itself. Here's Scott Adair. Project
2: Trellis was really created by the community. Our staff and our agency, we helped to bring it to fruition and and bring the program into a structured format so that we could provide services for the cannabis community and the cannabis industry. But the seeds of Project Trellis were, were planted years ago and I think that they were planted in just anecdotal conversations between neighbors and industry representatives, uh, cultivators who identified that there needed to be more governmental level support and robust support for the industry just as other industries are supported, one thing that made cannabis different from some of the other industries and from that perspective is that other industries who are not considered to be illicit had a broader level of federal support through the various small business programs that existed to support businesses and, and, and varying industries. So many programs that were available to small businesses were not available to cannabis businesses. And Project Trellis was born out of demand, out of need. And I think that's why Project Trellis came about, because there was a need there. And so staff just helped to put it together.
0: Project Trellis contains three tiers, or three parts. One, a micro-grant program, small grants geared toward cannabis operators. Two, a marketing program, not fully launched yet, but a marketing initiative could be underway in the next couple of months or so. And three, an equity program in partnership with the state of California to support individuals in the cannabis industry who've been negatively impacted by the criminalization of cannabis or the war on drugs. Here again is Scott Adair, followed by Peggy Murphy
2: they're definitely connected and yet distinct. Uh, I think that they are um, patches on the same quilt. The microgrant program is truly a bread and butter grant support assistance program and mirrors many other small business grant programs that exist for for other industries, but in this case was created because we were lacking such a program for cannabis because so many of those small business support grant programs are either federally sponsored or federally backed or they're matched with federal funds. The marketing program is really designed to put Humboldt on the map and to put Humboldt in a strategic position whereby we can protect and also uh, increase our market share in the industry. And that will become, I think, especially critical uh, as we do move toward nationalization. And, of course, uh, that program was based on a very comprehensive, uh, deep-dive uh, analysis that uh, our agency contracted with the Cannabis Industry Group to put that marketing assessment together for us so that we could use that as a foundation for building that marketing program. And, and then the equity program is a little bit of its own... Beast, if you will, if, if if any of the three programs maybe felt a little bit more distinct from the others, I think that it's the equity program. Calling it an equity program is, is borrowing from a term that that the state has been using for the use of this funding, and I I don't think that the state necessarily did a lot of the communities who are receiving this equity funding any favors when they called it an equity program, because there's a lot of confusion in the industry and in communities about what exactly the services are and what an equity program is is supposed to provide because this this is a cannabis equity program. You know, the issue of equity has been very visible in the public. It's been a real mainstream part of cultural dialogue, which is occurring all over the country. But I think that when, when one individual person thinks of equity, they perhaps think of something else and was designed for for this program by the state, which is really a cannabis-level equity program to essentially right some of the wrongs behind some of the state's activity and operations as it was related to the enforcement of of cannabis criminalization and how communities and and populations and and persons were negatively impacted. The micro-grant
3: does grant to cannabis businesses cannabis support businesses, road maintenance associations, cooperatives, and nonprofit mutually beneficial cooperatives or corporations. Those can come at either a $10,000 amount or a $50,000 amount. The 10000 is for individual cannabis support businesses or cannabis businesses, whether that's retail, manufacturing, distribution, microbusiness, or cultivation. The $50,000 amount can go to cooperatives, road maintenance associations, or the mutually beneficial nonprofits. Those are project-based and are competitive. They go through a scoring process with our Project Trellis Committee and a final decision on funding that goes to the Board of Supervisors for final approval. The difference between the grant portion in the equity program itself is that the equity program is based on individuals and individuals' experience in the cannabis industry, especially with the criminalization of cannabis and the war on drugs. There is multiple services available that can be looked at in our local equity program manual. One of them is a up to $10,000 grant amount, and you just have to meet eligibility criteria and Then provide proof of need.
1: We talked with Scott and Peggy about the hoped for post-pandemic economic recovery, as well as what seems to be the inevitable federal legalization of cannabis, and whether Project Trellis might play a role in navigating those future events.
2: You had asked earlier whether or not these programs could be used to help offset some of the adverse impacts of COVID, whereas that's not written specifically into the program description. If a cannabis operator was Impacted by COVID-19 and is seeking support or assistance. That's certainly a good use of the Project Trellis program. And I have a suspicion that this program might also be the, the primary support vehicle which will support the industry through nationalization. I think that I think that federalization of, of cannabis is coming. Uh, usually starts at the state level first. You know, like so many other. Um, uh, grassroots initiatives. And I, I think that we're heading there. And so I'm hopeful and excited that Project Trellis can also play a role in strengthening our own counties, um, cannabis operators and our own cannabis industry so that we're prepared to hit the ground running when nationalization occurs.
0: There's a lot at stake when it comes to funding in economic times such as we've endured over the last year. Recently, March 15th, the Governor's Office of Business and Economic Development announced funding for cannabis equity grants aimed at economic justice for populations disproportionately affected by cannabis prohibition. The funding is down from last year, but, fortunately, Humboldt, Mendocino, Trinity, and Lake counties remain among only 18 counties and cities receiving those funds. Further, local Measure S funds, which come from a county cultivation tax, look to remain steady for now, although… It's uncertain whether a recent court ruling that went against Humboldt County regarding a Board of Supervisors move that broadened cultivation taxes will have an impact and force the county to reimburse residents who may have overpaid taxes. But for now, Measure S funds remain steady. Here's Peggy Murphy.
3: So the projected Measure S funds have remained static from last year. The projection at the county level is that because of uh, the cannabis marketplace being considered essential, that there hasn't been a huge downturn in the tax portion of what comes from Measure S. As for the state funding, originally that state funding was almost double last year when they released their amount. It's it actually was double when they released their amount last year. They had about $30 million to release to jurisdictions, and this year they did $15 million. So there is a smaller amount there, but I think that especially with the groundwork we've created, we can really leverage that well.
1: Project Trellis is still a new program and is still evolving. In large part, it's a county program that's dependent on hearing from the locals in the industry about the real needs that are out there. In Humboldt County, as ever, the locals are vocal. We'll talk with Scott and Peggy about community input next. Much more on the way. This is the Humboldt Chronicles.
0: Welcome back to the Humboldt Chronicles. If you're just joining us, we're exploring Project Trellis, a Humboldt County program aiming to provide support to the cannabis industry and those working in it. We're speaking with Scott Adair, Humboldt County Economic Development Division Director, and Peggy Murphy, Humboldt County Economic Development Specialist.
1: One of the things that became clear to us as we talked with Scott and Peggy is that there does seem to be some substantial local latitude in at least two of the three project trellis programs, microgrants and marketing. That means locals in the cannabis business have the opportunity to help guide the direction of those two arms of the program, and community input seems to be not only welcome, but necessary. Scott Adair and Peggy Murphy explain.
2: It's important to note the varying levels of control over the the, the different programs. The marketing program and the microgrant program are funded entirely from Measure S, and the county has latitude and flexibility over establishing what the eligibility criteria and requirements are. The equity program, because it is hinged on, to a large degree, primarily state funds, the state is very specific and particular about how those equity funds can be spent, and who can be eligible, and what those eligibility criteria and requirements look like. So we worked very closely with the state team and agency when developing the criteria under the local equity program manual when that was established. As far as the micro grant uh, criteria, much of that came from the industry itself during the creation of the Trellis program. Uh, we went out into the community and we met with uh, the cannabis community and met with cultivators and in some cases one-on-one and other cases uh, in, in groups at large meetings to find out from the community so that it was a stakeholder-driven process just what the needs were and then built the criteria around those needs. And and then the, the board of supervisors who ultimately uh, had final say in approval of the program and of the, the funding for that program also had some specific ideas or thoughts concerning you know, how funding should be spent, and, and, and that impacted eligibility as well. And they're ever-changing, and that's something that I do want to make clear is that these programs are meant to exist to provide support for a community and an industry which is ever-changing, and therefore the programs should change to, to meet those needs. And what the use of funds and, and criteria for the use of those funds might look like today may not necessarily be what is needed this time next year. And it's been challenging to to have more outreach into the community during COVID-19, but we, we do try to continue to reach into the community and solicit that stakeholder feedback so that we can continue to revise and improve the the program and the process. And and that's also why we have a a citizen advisory committee, which has been established uh, to help oversee these programs. In some cases, they have a real direct level of oversight. In other cases, it's just more in an advisory capacity so that this continues to be a community-driven process.
0: It strikes me that community input would be something that would help drive an organic kind of atmosphere and allow the project to evolve as the needs of the local industry evolve. And the question is, are you getting good community input? Are people eager to be uh, involved? How is that going?
3: I know that on a daily basis, I take multiple calls from community members that either have questions or want to give feedback. I keep an ongoing list of suggestions and ideas. I've also participated in quite a few conversations with organizations about potential for changes, development, and something we've been talking quite a bit about is starting more community outreach in the sense of community roundtables. Hopefully, this summer. It'd be really nice if we could do those in person. But if Zoom is the option, then I think that's the way it'll go. But absolutely, I think that the community feedback is necessary. And some of the items, especially the state-funded items, really need a good framework of what the state is requiring. So a lot of the conversations at this point have been educational um, so that people can make suggestions that we can put to use that could really help.
0: There is another somewhat spread-out community to talk about, a group of counties and cities around the state. As we mentioned earlier, Humboldt is one of only 18 counties and cities in California receiving state funds for the Cannabis Equity Grant Program. Although there's no formal meeting of the minds among the jurisdictions receiving the funding, There are discussions ongoing and some trading of ideas as these still-new programs continue to find their way.
3: As far as the equity programs, there are quite a few jurisdictions throughout the state. They all vary slightly. For example, some are metropolitan populations and metropolitan jurisdictions. Others are covering just unincorporated aspects of counties. In the six months I've been here, I've spoken to quite a few of the jurisdictions at this time, there's no group that I know of that is discussing these on a regular basis, but there has been conversations, and I hope in the future we have more of them.
1: Just ahead, a peek into the future. We'll look at the local learning curve, at government deliverables, and at a plan to market the humble cannabis industry here, there, and everywhere. It's all next when the Humble Chronicles continues.
0: Welcome back to the Humboldt Chronicles. We're talking with Scott Adair, Humboldt County Economic Development Division Director, and Peggy Murphy, Humboldt County Economic Development Specialist. One way for government agencies to prove their worth is through deliverables, goods and services that positively impact a community and its residents.
1: Deliverables can be tangible or intangible. They're measurable, quantifiable, or usable. The grants and marketing services we've been talking about so far are good examples of deliverables to the cannabis industry. Other deliverables can potentially impact the county beyond the cannabis industry. For example, road maintenance associations are eligible for Project Trellis grants. At first, that seems incongruous. Why road associations? We asked Scott Adair how this came about. This proposed use of the funding
2: came out of the initial proposal of Project Trellis to the Board of Supervisors and also based on some conversation with cannabis operators and and cultivators who, who shared with us that many of these cultivation sites, because they were once illicit and hidden and intended to be remote, are now located in areas where road improvement is desperately needed. And the idea of using Project Trellis funding to support and promote road associations was to, uh, one, provide a, an avenue for use of that funding which could um, address that need, uh, but also, two, to encourage communities and, and residents and cultivators to, to come together and work together to, to form these associations. And that's something that we continue to to work on and refine as we continue to make improvements to the program and, and to those definitions and to the eligibility criteria.
0: However, not all bumpy roads in Humboldt are literal, and they're not all up in the hills. Project Trellis itself had a bit of a rough ride following the first round of grants that were announced in May of last year one of the grantees was subsequently deemed ineligible for the award, resulting in a re-award of the grant to a different, though related, entity. Of course, the benefit of working through issues like that is that it's another step up on the learning curve. It's not unusual for questions and misunderstandings to arise in the first few years of a program's development. As administrators and constituents learn more about the program's capabilities relative to the community's needs, things begin to smooth out a bit. Here again is Scott Adair.
2: Some of those issues or concerns that came out of the, the first micro-grant round were related to or surrounding a lack of better definitions. And as we grow the program, it will, it will be easier to define some of that criteria, and also to learn from the community what it is that they're looking for or they need in terms of better program clarification. We were able to work through those issues. Uh, we worked with the the applicant directly, and, and we came to an, an amicable resolution. And so, I feel good about where we ended in that conversation. Uh, but but I also know, and I think that they know, and others in the industry realize that this this is a new program, and uh, we are going to uncover room for improvement as we continue with with program administration. I would imagine we will continually see ways that we can improve and refine the program. And that that's part of the process. We're happy to continue to, to drive those conversations.
1: Here's something to keep an eye on, and I know we'll be watching this, the marketing of Humboldt County cannabis. Sometime soon, perhaps within the next 60 days, a request for proposals will be issued by Project Trellis, seeking input on the best way to market our cannabis industry and the best use of marketing funds. Proposals will be based on a marketing assessment overseen by Project Trellis and recently conducted by the Humboldt County Growers Alliance. The aim is to properly position humble cannabis products and services locally, statewide, and eventually nationally with an eye towards local, sustainable economic development. Once again, Scott Adair.
2: We will be issuing a request for proposals and encouraging local nonprofit organizations or a partnership of nonprofit organizations to provide proposals to the county for administering the marketing services using the HCGA's Humboldt County Marketing Assessment as the strategic guide or playbook, if you will, uh, for those marketing initiatives and those marketing strategies. Our hope and our goal is to be able to release that within the next 60 days, and then we will solicit proposals and then bring those in-house for review, and we'll go through a a screening and deliberative process and uh, likely be using our Project Trellis Committee to help support that initiative.
0: By the way, for a refresher on that HCGA marketing assessment, our October the 21st, 2020 Humboldt Chronicles took a close look at it. You'll find that show archived at 941lounge.com. I'm Chuck Rogers with producer Larry Trask. This edition of the Humboldt Chronicles will be posted soon at 941lounge.com, at lostcoastoutpost.com, and at Apple Podcasts for listening and downloading. Thanks to our guests who are working on Project Trellis, Scott Adair and Peggy Murphy. Finally, much appreciation to our sponsors, Proper Wellness Center and Lost Coast Exotics. We'll be back with the Humboldt Chronicles at 6 p.m. on the third Wednesday of April. So we'll see you next time, April the 21st at 6 p.m.